soup. Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom and other oracular tidbits with your hosts, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies. Two saucy sisters broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. Be sure to visit our website at oraclesoup.org to listen to our podcast archive. You can also visit us on Facebook and like our Oracle Soup page, where you can share your wisdom and request for Oracle Soup topics. Soup is hot now, and it's ready to be served. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Oracle Soup. I'm Gina Feast, and I am here with my gal pal and sister, Katrina Wynn, out here all alone in the (laughs) Oregon woods off the Oregon coast. And uh, I don't mind being alone knowing that I can reach out to my sister there in Texas. That's right. I'm just a click away. See, more than a phone call away now, it's like I'm just a click away, right? I'm just a text away. It's so comforting to know that even though I spend a lot of time by myself, I'm not really alone. I can just click, and there you are. Well, my birth card is the hermit. So I actually, you know, I'm very shy and quiet. You know this. (laughs) So I actually... I know that. I don't know if everybody else knows that. <laughs> my idea that. my idea of a good time sometimes is a book and a bubble bath and a glass of wine. I mean, you know, no, just, just me, the book, and the wine. That's about all the company I need. I really enjoy uh, my alone time. Um, I am very introverted myself, dear, so... Um, I do notice. And and that's the cool thing. When you get two introverts together, they often get along really well because they're they're just so solitary. They're so okay with themselves that they just they enjoy the co mingling with the other. I suppose. And we're like, she's not gonna talk much and I'm not gonna talk much either. But then we end up we're chatterboxes when we're together. So that's just- And that's because we share this interest in tarot that we're so passionate about. And that kind of led up to our kitchen table conversation for this episode because we thought we'd really honor all of us who have a solitary practitioner within us. Someone who's studied on their own or continues to study on their own or spends time alone with their deck or reading for themselves and who just really honors whatever that personal relationship is between them and their oracle of choice. And, you know, I'm really excited about the kitchen table conversation that we're going to present because a lot of times in forums and uh, online conversations, people speak or uh, present tarot as if there's an expectation that you will uh, read for others. And a lot of times people are like, you know, I've seen people say, well, you know, I'm only doing this for myself. And it's like, yes, there's no crime and, and actually reading tarot for yourself as a matter of fact i know you probably teach this and i teach students if you don't understand how to look at it for yourself then how do you expect to branch out 
And there's absolutely no need to branch out and go into the profession of of reading. You can absolutely do this for your own introspection. In fact, I even have folks who sign up for my online course, which is titled Professional Tarot Consulting, who do not have an interest in being a professional out in the world and collecting money and things like that. They just want to understand it from a very professional and a self-empowering point of view. And that's what's so beautiful about Courtney Weber. And hopefully you've come across her amazing book for the Solitary Practitioner. And we actually have her with us today with our kitchen table conversation. Yes, we'll be talking about Tarot for One, The Art of Reading for Yourself by Courtney Weber. So the book is out. Hopefully you'll have a chance to pick it up if you haven't already. And uh, it's a really great resource for understanding the process of reading tarot for yourself. Absolutely. I can't wait to read it. And so in honor of that, we thought, well, what would be our feature card? And of course, in honor of Gina and her birth card, we're going to look at the hermit, number nine in most it. In fact, sometimes it's even just called the seeker. Yes, it's been called the seeker um, and other other titles. The, the you know, I'm I as I'm working on decks, my deck, I'm thinking about changing it into uh, the learned one. So <laughs> keeping I the, like that. Yes, it's it's and it's um, it's one of those cards. People really, I've written about it, a ton about it. I've being my birth card, I studied up on it, got all kinds of resources, and learned about what hermits do and why they go off alone and uh, live alone. And so most people have a struggle with the hermit card because we are such socialized creatures, right? We're we're creatures that we love to be surrounded by family and friends. It's often hard to identify with being just purposely going at it alone, right? uh, Introverts understand that to a point. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you like to be alone. It's that you're more in touch with your inside, your inner voice, your inner self, right? That's that's the introvert. But um, people have a difficult time with the hermit because, you know, purposely going off on a, on your own with nothing, very little resources. Many people just have, you know, it's like who would dream right. of doing that, right? Yes. For instance, there's interdependency and there's there's dependency. And a lot of people look to outside people and sources, including tarot readings, for uh, confirmations of who they are, decisions they're making, uh, resources, things like that. So, of course, yes, as a species, we are interdependent. But there is something very, very core about knowing who you are from the inside out. I'm biased, I'll admit it. But that's what the hermit speaks to. The hermit speaks to that number nine, that number of completion. The one that says, look, I've been around, I've seen a lot of things, and I ultimately have decided that my guidance comes from within. And the ironic thing about that, and this is what's beautiful about hermit people, and this is certainly true of Miss Gina over here, is that when this hermit follows her solitary path, what happens is shining that light out, that lamp, she ends up shining the way for others who happen to be following her. And she ends up being a teacher by her example, not necessarily because she intended to be a teacher, but because how she holds her own life in such high regard can't help but influence those who are in 
inspired to follow her example. Oh, thank you. I guess I do that. And you know, it's not easy. That's not an easy thing to do in in terms of being able to uh, know yourself so well or be willing to allow yourself to learn uh, and and be the example. And sometimes that means you're going to step out or say things that people may or may not agree with and it's not about the the agreement it's just about the experience really saying I've done this this way (laughs) hermits sometimes do things the hard way (laughs) I've done it here's what I've done it it is totally possible so the lessons come with people um, I, I particularly like when people think there there's some impossible way or they can't do it or they don't think they're strong enough and I just like to say if I can do it you can do it <laughs> right and and part of the key is removing the distractions of the world so you can tune into your own inner knowing and distractions can be people places and things activities and and being more of a doer but for me the hermit is a beer it's a human being and who they are in the world says so much more than what they actually do in the world that's absolutely right and then the the hermit stands at the top of this mountain right and uh, it's been said that mountain represents you know the highest point of learning in sort of the human existence and so getting at that point where you do get followers people do look to you a lot of I think a lot of our leaders in the world actually are uh, representative of of, of that in some aspects you know and so it's um, the card that sets the tone for the solitary practitioner Well, thank you for setting that tone. I really honor you. And I honor all the hermits out there, or even folks who occasionally every nine years have a hermit year, which means, hey, this is a time to rest and regroup and dream up the new seeds that you want to plant that will reinforce and guide you in the next nine years of your life. All right. So stick with us. We have an exciting and great show. And thank you so much. Welcome, our very dear and solitary friends, to Oracle Soup. I'm imagining you're sitting there all alone, listening to this podcast. And here we are, kind of like your little friend in your box, speaking to you, sharing with you our own experiences of what it is to be a solitary practitioner. And even though I'm sitting here all alone in my heart, I embrace my sister, Gina Thies. Yes. um, Well, you know, it's solitary is never I I love I'm the hermit right I love my solitary moments but it it seems like I have a full house all the time so um, I have to sneak away and I have my offices where I can have that time to myself but um, I am so very excited about the guest in our kitchen for this episode. So this is another episode of Kitchen Table Conversations with Courtney Weber. Hello, Kuzan. She knows what I'm talking about, my girl Courtney. We are so excited to have you here at the table with us, Courtney. Welcome. Thank you so much. I've been, been looking forward to this for weeks to be able to speak with you too. So thank you for having me. So this is a great topic. Um, I'm glad you thought about this, Katrina, because many of us are um, on that sort of path where we have community, but there are also a lot of us that are practitioners in which we do whatever art 
and, and craft that we pursue, we don't have a lot of community and we do kind of are our self learners or we're slow, <laughs> slowly learning and developing ourselves on our own. But we have so much, so many resources and material out there to help us. I know I, you know, um, a half price book was my best friend when I didn't have anybody before Facebook. Right. And so, um, what do I you think th- most of us start as solitary <laughs> practitioners for a variety of reasons. I mean, you know, I'm pretty old. And when I started with Tarot back in my teens, there just weren't any resources. You know, somebody handed me a deck because they knew I was curious and I had a hard time finding books. But eventually I taught myself. I spent 20 years studying the Tarot as a solitary practitioner and really getting to be friends with the Tarot kind of on my own terms. And I actually really support that in other people and I'm so excited when I see people providing those tools and that guidance to help those folks and and by the way sometimes people are solitary practitioners not because they don't have access to the things but they don't have the freedom to explore those things I'm sure that's another thing we'll probably touch upon so I'm so thankful to you Courtney for your book that you wrote on this very topic yeah thank you so much well it's it's um what you're saying is so um, relevant to the reasons I did start did start writing tarot for one, um, and it, it actually kind of came together accidentally. I kept I was teaching people tarot classes how to read, and it um, the classes were often focused on reading for other people. But then elements of the class involved doing the self readings, very simple card readings, the three three card readings, past, present, and future, that would encourage people to read for themselves, and. One thing I consistently heard was that even really seasoned, very talented readers could read for other people, but they couldn't read for themselves. And the biggest challenge with that is being objective and, and trusting that voice because it's it's easy to to see something in the cards for someone else and say, I really feel like this is that this is the message that's coming through. But when it's yourself, you wonder, am I just hearing what I want to hear? Or and then there's also the flip side of not being willing to accept challenging news. And so I worked on that a lot in myself and I developed some exercises that worked very, very well in the classes that I taught. And then I managed to put it all together in this book called Tarot for One. And I feel like one of the most powerful things in tarot that a lot of times gets overlooked is that um, it's not just learning what the tarot is trying to say, but also understanding the tarot needs to learn your system of associations even more so than you need to learn it. And so that's one of the major tools that I hope to express in the book is helping people first understand their own systems of associations and then being open to the tarot connecting to that and that that helping them um, give the most effective self-readings that they can. Yes, so very well put. And the other part of it is being able to look in that mirror. Tarot, you know, when you lay out the cards, it's opening up a portal, you know, so to speak. And you, in being able to be objective and look at yourself and be willing to see those parts that you may not like is not easy on any level, you know. And Katrina could speak to this even as um, a counselor. <laughs> um, and most people, and I had, I was just having this conversation about um, most people being able to um, articulate who they 
they are, what they're feeling, what they're going through, and asking them about feeling something in the card, what they what they feel about a card. That's not easy for seasoned readers to go. What do I feel about this card? Well, <laughs> you know, it's 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 it is challenging. So this is awesome. Um, I love that the um, uh, the art of reading for yourself because it is an art to be able to stay objective. You know, know what's coming through and to accept what you know what happens and what transpires through the reading in fact I would even say with a lot of my more advanced students I teach them that if you cannot find the objectivity to read for yourself how can you be truly objective with your clients I really do think it starts with you right I I, I love that I love that that. I say that all the time in order to read for others you've got to be able to learn to read for yourself although (laughs) I as I do this I struggle with reading for myself and I um don't often people ask you read do you do the card and like no (laughs) I don't simply because I have someone that's very you know that has read for me and mentored me for a long long time and I need to still hear that other side Courtney how did you get started with reading for yourself what's your story I first picked up a tarot deck when I was 15 years old, I was at a slumber party and I did what you really are not supposed to do and I just grabbed someone's deck and started doing readings. And of course I was using the little white booklet that comes with the deck. But I remember somebody saying to me, you're really good at this. And that stuck with me. And then on my 16th birthday, my very best friend gave me um, a fortune telling kit. And in the fortune telling kit was about, was, was just with a few tarot cards, it was the major arcana only. And um, then, of course, when you're in high school and you have even just a piece of a tarot deck, you're suddenly the most popular girl in the world and everybody wants to come get their cards read. Um, I actually dedicated Tarot for One to Tiffany because she gave me um, the, she gave that to me and uh, went through a, a lot of struggle as a 16 year old to get <laughs> to get the present for me. And so that's she she she's owed the book. And um, then <laughs> Then the, re- the first official tarot deck that I got was when I was 19, and my boyfriend at the time was trying to win me back. We just broke it up, and he went out and he bought me a tarot deck. Probably the only time he spent money on me <laughs> was when he was trying. Which is why he's an ex. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> One of many reasons. Um, he's like, "Do you remember this?" And I said, "No." And he said, "On our first date, you said you liked this deck." And I don't, I don't remember this, but he swears he did. And so I said, well, thank you very much. And so um, we, ni- we didn't get back together, but I still have that deck. And <laughs> In other words, the marriage to the deck outlived, it outlived the relationship with I the I love guy. that. I love it, that. It, In terms of being a solitary practitioner, are you, and let's just clarify this for our listeners, what do you mean, Katrina, when you say solitary practitioner? Okay, Now, of course, we've already talked about this. I'm an introvert, and so most of the things I do, I do myself in my life. And I I love the way Courtney talked about this. I developed a a communication and relationship with the cards that relatively transcended anything that any book said because the cards made a friendship with me, and I made a friendship with them, and they spoke to me louder than what a book would say. The book to me was just like somebody else's relationship with the cards, and it gave me ideas of what the cards could be communicating, and of course, I I collected, I still collect, (laughs) I have 
hundreds and hundreds of books. So it's kind of like saying these are all the different voices that are speaking to the same energies and archetypes. But under it all, I'm going to trust my own relationship with the deck or with that card or with that reading. So a solitary practitioner to me is a little bit like that hermit where uh, you trust your inner guidance a little bit more than you look to outside confirmation or affirmation of what the meaning might be in that card. Good, because some people assume like you have to be in a group or you, you know, in order to do this, or it's like akin to which Courtney can speak to in terms of being in a, a coven or a group mm-hmm. of people that are like-minded and working towards the same thing. And so, in and, and and so you can talk a little bit about that if you'd like, Courtney. Well, I think there's a there's a real challenge and for people that work in, in spiritual groups. And um, I think that even in those who belong to mainstream religions, even if you have a group that you belong to, you have to keep up the solo work at home. It's not enough to show up to um, your Sabbath, to your, your temple gathering, to your church, or your synagogue service. And expect that you're going to you'll get filled up like you go to the like you go to the pump to fill up your car. Um, you still have to go home and have your personal relationship with your higher powers. It doesn't it doesn't it's not working otherwise. Um, so that's I, I think it's it's very easy for people to um, to slip into a, a kind of complacency when they work in groups. And that's something that's always been a challenge for, for not just, and for me too, I, I, I take that, you know, not from a, on a high, I know how to do this, but in, I'm in the trenches still trying to figure this part out myself. Um, it's really easy to say, well, I did, I checked the box, I did that. I went to my Kevin meeting and so I'm being spiritual. But then if you don't do anything for yourself between now that time and the next time you meet with your coven, then you're really just wasting your time. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I think that's the same thing with, with tarot. It's that, yeah, you can go to the conferences, you can read the books, you can read for other people, but if you're not consistently keeping up with the tarot studies on your own, then you are going to, you are going to waste your time. All of these things are muscles. They're, I mean, whether it's playing an instrument or doing yoga or, um, or running or swimming or whatever it is that you do, if you just do it once in a while, you're not you're not strengthening yourself you're not improving yourself your book that i had the honor to endorse for you is very well organized you endorsed it. <laughs> it's very well organized, right? And it, it has these lovely personal stories to really get. A, it's it's just not like do this, this, and this. I mean, it, you've incorporated your personal stories that helps kind of reflect what the cards are about. So, in in writing this book, and you, if you could sum it up into a, a central message other than the art of reading for yourself, uh, what do you want people to take away? You know, I think it's probably what I said before in that the tarot needs to learn your system of associations, but before, but in order to do that, you have to learn that as well. I, I think one of the, the most difficult and also the most pleasurable parts of writing this book was the journey through the major arcana and, um, and how each of us will experience those roles both they will happen to us and both we will be those roles to other people those people being the fool on their own fool's journey and um, when I started writing this book the book um, was being kind of tricky it told me that it was going to be very easy for me to write because I knew all the information it said basically you just you just have to pull out all those lessons that you've been teaching the last few years and just put it all together look really I'm I'm a very easy book to write let's just <laughs> do this thing 
And I know you're planning your wedding, but now's fine. You know, you, you can do this. It's not your first time at the rodeo. Come on now. And I said, okay. And so I wrote the book and I got the deal and I was very excited about it. And then all of a sudden the book came out. It was like Coraline where the sweet, the sweet mommy became the spider mommy. And so the book, the book turned into the spider book and it was like, <laughs> you know, now let's, let's reinvestigate your entire major arcana journey. And so <laughs> that's where I was really mad at the book. I was like, God damn it. You, um, you told me you would be the easiest book I'd ever write. And you lied. You lied so much. <laughs> Well, that only means, my dear, that the next one will be a little more difficult. (laughs) (laughs) You ain't seen nothing yet, right? (laughs) Well, I'm just thankful that you shared what was in your head and your heart with all of us solitary practitioners. I can't wait to read your book. And I just know that it's going to support everybody where they're at. And that's beautiful. Thank you so much again for sitting with us at the kitchen table. Yes, I appreciate it, and um, and I again thanks again for endorsing it, Gina. Your your commentary was very helpful. Much appreciated. You bet. Yeah, no, no problem. Anytime, anytime. Okay, so this wraps up our session, and we want to thank you again. And we will have all sorts of links and goodies, so we can you can uh, our listeners can find out how to get your book, and yes. um, on our um, Oracle Soup page. All All right. right. Take care. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for spending time with us on Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and podcast suggestions on our Facebook page, also called Oracle Soup. And be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.org, for hot new servings of our saucy talks. You can also subscribe to the Feed Burner or listen to our pantry of Oracle Soup archived recordings, along with articles and links to more resources. Be sure to visit our personal websites to receive more information about us and the things that we offer individually. For Katrina, visit tarotcounseling.org. Counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G dot org, like in Oregon, O-R-G. And for Gina, visit tarotadvisor.com. An advisor is spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R. This content and the content of these podcasts are intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest. It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. This content is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now.